0: Hey there, Berean Baptist Church, Pastor Dan here. Uh, I, I've been coming every Sunday with, uh, with a message um, from different places in Alaska. I've been outside, I've been inside my house, I've been in front of my house, uh, between the devotionals and, and uh, the sermons. You've seen me all kinds of different places. Well, I'm in a, a different place again, but not in Alaska. I'm here in Ohio in my office at Berean Baptist Church. I gotta tell you, it is a privilege and honor to be here. I'm excited I'm excited to be here. My family's excited to come and and be here with us as well very soon, Uh, but there'll just be a couple more weeks and they will be here with us and can't wait for that. Uh, We just last week, Pastor Phil, ended the series on uh, fear not for us and uh, I hope that was an encouraging series for you. These are unprecedented times. We say it every week. Things aren't like they normally are And, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe we'll come out of this much better and that's one of the my prayer is for sure that we will do that. Indeed, we'll come out of this much better. But today we're starting a new series. Uh, the series we're in now is simply titled Rethink Relationships. Uh, many of us, unless uh, outside of the essential workers, many of us have been home a lot. And uh, relationships can be flourishing. They can be really great as you're spending more time with your With your spouse and with your children and and that but and they can be strained because you're uh you know spending more time with your spouse and your children and uh it can go one of two ways right and and it can get better or it can get worse my prayer is it keeps getting better but i'm I'm, we're going to take the next four weeks and try to look in the word of god uh what does the what does the word of god say about different types of relationships uh and how can we grow how can we get better uh, and I, I think that during this time one of the unique opportunities that we have during this uh, covid nineteen pandemic is to reevaluate and rethink our relationships and ask important questions you know the things that matter to us, should they matter to us and things of that nature and over the next four weeks we're going to be talking about all kinds of different relationships that we have um you know i'm I'm a dad, I've been a coach, I've been a pastor, uh, uh, lots of different things and wear lots of different hats and To different people, I'm a different person. And there's lots of different nuances to every relationship. Uh, Today, though, we're going to talk specifically about honoring God in marriage. And we're going to do so in Ephesians chapter 5. Now, I know some of you uh, who aren't married are, are hearing this and you're about to click, you know, stop. And you're going to move on to something else. Well, don't do that. Hang on. Marriage is important even if you're not married. Why? Because it's important to God. And just practically speaking, if you're not married you may one day become married. And if not, more than likely, there are people in your lives whom you dearly love who are married. So hang tight. Hang on with me. I think this is going to be beneficial to all of us, whether we're married or whether we're single. Hang on and just uh, and, and just bear with me for, for you single folks. And I really greatly appreciate it. Uh, but also, marriage is important to us as a society. Uh, it's something that God has designed. It's a picture of of christ a husband and wife is a picture of christ and his church so there's a lot of spiritual implications to this as well so again whether you're married or not i think this is going to be a benefit for you to kind of stick with us throughout this morning sermon it's not going to be that long uh so stick with us if you don't mind Uh, i want to make something very clear though before i i jump off and start talking about marriage and sound like i know what i'm talking about and get it right let's listen I'm don't. i a work in progress, just like all of you. I I make lots of mistakes. Uh, I I would say, go ask Kelly. uh, But the truth is, Kelly is far too gracious to me. And she would say, no, 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 he's doing great. Well, listen, I'm not all that good at it. I think I'm getting better. I think I'm better today as a husband than I was, you know, 20 some years ago. And by the way, free commercial. um, This was not planned. No intention of this. But today, May 17th, is actually Kelly and, and my anniversary. Uh, so it's kind of strange in some ways and ironic that here I am giving a message on Ephesians 5 and and honor God in marriage on our wedding anniversary. So kind of cool, um, uh, kind of cool, kind of ironic there as well. But we're going to jump into Ephesians 5 and we're going to we're going to start off by reading verses 22 and uh, through t- uh, 33. So 22 verses 33, and then we're going to dig in and we're going to take a look at uh, what this text means uh, uh, and, and and take it from there. So. Join me in the Bible if you would, but before you do that, I want to, I want to open this up in a word of prayer. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be here at Brian Baptist. Um, I almost said church, but the fact of the matter is the church is watching online right now, and I'm in the building, uh, but but it's still it's a special place, and I'm glad that I'm here, and, and I thank you for it. God, I as I think about preaching a message on marriage, I'm A day that that I look back as as a great day in in my life and hopefully in Kelly's as well. I just thank you for uh, the reminder that you've given me in this preparation and as I deliver this sermon just to me, Lord, I thank you for the reminder of what it looks like to be a godly husband. And I, I pray, Lord, that you help me to become better in that every day. And for all those who are watching, Lord, uh, for the husbands and wives, God, I hope and I pray that this will be one of those days that is is a, is a, is a big point in a relationship where it just starts getting better, that you will use your text to reach hearts. Uh, for those who aren't married, God, every one of us, I think, uh, through your word can take a step closer to you, whether married or single. And I pray that that's what uh, takes place today, God. Uh, thank you for it. Love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now we're going to go ahead and jump into Ephesians 5, verses 22 through 33. Join me if you would. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands. but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Now, this ministry is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and a church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Now, I've heard this text preached several times before. Uh, I've read commentaries on it, and uh, I've read and, and, and thought through this text a lot. And uh, it's, it's because it's so important. Um, but just like any other text, any other, other Bible verse or, or section of text that we, we read with, with, with a desire to understand what the, what the author is trying to get across here, it's, it's absolutely incredibly important that we take it and read it within its proper context Uh, this, this, like I said, it's very important that we do that. And one of the ways that we take something in its proper context is remembering, you know, this is, this is, we call it Ephesians five, but Ephesians five, what that is, is is a section of a letter that the apostle Paul had written the church in Ephesus. So we've taken out, just extracted one little, a couple little paragraphs out of it, an entire letter that the apostle Paul is writing to an entire body of believers in Ephesus. So we need to ask, okay, Paul. Uh, we get what you're saying here, but, but what's the broader context? Well, one of the ways we can check context and make sure we're we're coming to the right conclusions is by reading the surrounding verses. What else is being said in this letter? So if we go back to the beginning of chapter 5, uh, verses, I think it's one, 1 and 2, he writes this. It says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now, I know, I know everybody there that are watching this right now who have been going to church for a long time, and I'm talking about context. I said the word therefore, and half of you stopped and said, when you see a therefore, you have to stop and see what it's there for, right? So what comes before that? What comes before the first two verses in chapter 5? Let's back up a little bit further. Verse 31 in uh, in chapter 4. It's, um Where Christ is actually referencing, by the way, we're going to see what what Paul is talking about here in the context, is uh, he's teaching the church in Ephesus how we ought to be interacting with one another. That's the main idea here before we get into chapter 5. It says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. Along with all malice, be kind to one another, tender hearted forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. And then it goes on to chapter 5, verses uh, 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So what's Paul saying here? The, the, bigger, uh, the bigger idea that this, this section of husbands and wife falls underneath is how the Christians, how followers of Jesus, should interact with one another how we should be loving towards one another, how we should be self-sacrificing for one another's good. And um, it's incredibly important to remember that what the the, the main idea, the main point here in this section of text is if we're going to rightly understand these verses that we're going to be looking at. Now, uh, you know, he he goes on and he talks about all the things a Christian shouldn't be, right? Uh, Sexually immoral. Uh, somebody who tells crude jokes, uh, somebody that's involved in idolatry. Like there, There's several things in, in the body of chapter 5 where he, he kind of he starts off in the positive, what this is what a relationship in the church should look like, and he kind of paints a picture of kind of the negative, what it shouldn't look like, before we come back to the section of text on relationships between a husband and wife. So I'm going to go ahead and, and we're going to take a look at 519-21. through 21. And, um, and this is just before Paul starts to write about, or begins to write about what a God-honoring marriage looks like. So, again, verses 19 through 21, uh, Ephesians 5. Uh, let's see here. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Again, talking to the broader body here. Um, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making the, to the Lord with your heart. Giving, uh, I'm sorry, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this part, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now Paul gives us an incredibly important statement here before he goes on talking about the husband and wife relationship. This idea of mutual submission within the body of believers. So uh, we have uh, the first point this morning is this, Christian relationships are marked in part by mutual submission. Christian relationships are, are marked in part by mutual submission. Uh, Paul gives us this important umbrella statement. So if we're going to understand this, this relationship, the duties of, of, a, of a wife and a husband, how they interact with each other, we have to understand it under the impre- umbrella that Paul gives us of mutual submission within the church. Um, we have to understand this this way, or, or we're, 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 we're kind of in danger of misapplying and misunderstanding what he's trying to say. Now, I understand uh, in today's culture this word submission and submit. It's like a dirty word. Nobody wants to think about it. Nobody likes. It makes us anger. Uh, it, it kind of rises up inside of us. If you tell me I need to submit to you, but before you get carried away with that, let me warn you. That anger that's welling up inside, if that's if you're feeling when it comes to this idea of submission, uh, that's not righteous indignation. That's pride. That's that's pride. That you know, the idea that I shouldn't be submitting to another person, that I'm just as good, just as important. You know, those things are are true, but we are called as the church, as the bride of Christ, uh, as followers of Jesus, to submit to one another, to love one another, to be self-sacrificing to one another. And then again, that's the important umbrella from which it provides the framework for Paul to explain actually three different relationships in the text that's about to come. Today we're talking about husband and wife. then he also talks about parents and children, what it looks like a Christian relationship looks like in that uh, regard. And then he goes on to slaves and master. In our context, I would argue employer, employee, what does it look like to have a God honoring relationship with with your, your supervisor at work and, and with your kids? So again, the, the big picture here, the big umbrella statement is, is that the, the mutual submission, submitting to one another And then underneath that, with that framework in mind, Paul gives us detailed uh, instructions on how to to deal with different types of relationship. And again, we're going to be right away jumping into um, uh, this this, this idea of the husband and wife, what this looks like. Our second point this morning, and I'm moving kind of quickly through this part, but our second point this morning is this. Wives are called to submit to their husbands as unto the Lord. Now, some of you hear this and, and we don't like it but it's important. Wives are called to submit to their husbands as unto the Lord. Now listen to verses 22 through 24. Wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Now what does the apostle Paul mean by this? Uh, We need to understand what is possible when Paul says, wives, you need to submit yourselves to your husbands as unto the Lord. What could he possibly mean by that? Well, it's not a complicated idea to understand, but it's an incredibly hard thing to practice. Wives, God is calling you into something that's very difficult, and and that is surrendering yourself to God. And one of the ways we show evidence of that surrender to God as a wife would be to submitting to a husband. He, he, he means simply why submit yourself to the husband again, it's not complicated, but it's difficult now before you start throwing something at your screen and guys stop looking at your wives with a smirk on your face because it's about to come down hard on you. Okay, so so back away from your wife. Quit laughing. Quit making jokes. Quit saying I told you so you're going to regret it in about 20 seconds. All right, or just a few minutes and wives you're going to enjoy that part for sure. So stay with me. Trust me. Stay with me, uh, but before you start throwing yourself at your screen. I want you to hang in with me a little bit longer again. There's some important distinctions to make about what it looks like for a wife to submit herself to her husband. Uh, again, it, this I'm going to say this again. It's under this mutual, this umbrella of mutual submission within the body. It's under that umbrella. Uh, also, the marriage relationship is a picture of the relationship of Christ and his church, and it is beautiful. And I'm going to come back to that in a little bit, but but it's important again. Wives, if you're submitting to your, your husbands as you do to the Lord, you're demonstrating to the world what the relationship of Christ and the church looks like. And it's a beautiful picture. Uh, submitting to the husband. Now listen, is the job of the wife, not the husband. Now I'm going to say this and I'm going to get a little heated probably some point in this sermon. The job of a wife submitting to her husband falls solely on the wife as the wife. It does not at all fall on. It's not the responsibility of a husband to ensure that his wife is submitting to him. As a matter of fact, when you do that, you're not even allowing your wife to submit to you. You're dominating her and you're causing her to not be able to grow and receive the blessing of being obedient to God. Because you're spending too much time reading her mail, not enough time reading your mail. And now you're going to step in and you're going to demand that your wife submit. That is not submission. That is not a God-honoring marriage. That is domination. And it's unacceptable. And it certainly is unacceptable in the church of Jesus Christ. Now, ladies, I told you. It's not just you here. I'm talking to your husbands as well. For submission isn't submission at all. It's domination and actually doesn't allow the wife to grow and be discipled in the Lord. And that's the job of the husband to help your wife grow, to present your wife as a bride to Christ. That's our jobs. We need to love our wives, but wives, it's not hard. It's not easy for you. And trust me, I know we don't make it easy for you. I know Kelly, she, she's committed to, um, um, uh, uh, to, to this idea of, of submitting to me and my, in my leadership in the house. And I got to tell you, uh, Whatever that comes up, there's this great uh, sense of responsibility, and it's not it's something I take lightly. Um, but that's that's again, it's her. That's her job to to do that, not mine to ensure that it happens. I hope that's making perfect sense to all of you. Now, now, then the third point is this: that husbands, our job. Now we talked about the wife's job. Our job is to die for your wife. It's to die for our wives. That's our job in this. Now, listen to verses 25 through 30. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands, you should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it just as Christ does the church because we are members of his body. Now, guys, I know you. I know the way you think. I know the way you're wired, the way you are made, because I'm one of you. Uh, I can totally understand. And Paul Paul is the same way, no doubt. Um, And that's probably why he gives twice as many words uh, for instructions to the men as he does to the women. That should tell us all we need to know about uh, men and women. But guys, I know you, when you hear this, this idea of love your wife like Christ loved the church, um, even willing to die for her in some ways, you know, we, we might be thinking like die physically. Like if, if a burglar or an intruder comes in my house, you know, he's going to have to get through me before he goes anywhere near my wife or my kids. And I know guys, you're wired that way. You're going to, you're going to do everything you can to physically protect your family. But I would argue that in some ways, that's actually easier than what I think Paul is just is talking about here. And that is the idea of dying to yourself for the sake of your wife. And it's not just something that happens with physical death. It's something that should happen on a daily basis. You need to learn how to die to your own wants, needs, and desire. Why? It's for your wife's good. It's for the development of your wife. And it's not easy for us to do that. It's not easy for us to favor our wives over ourselves. It's hard. and that, But when we do that, here's this beautiful, amazing picture of mutual submission um, uh, w- within, within the relationship of husband and wife. You have a wife who is surrendering her will to, to uh, submit herself to her husband. And what does the husband do with that submission? He does what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? He he got he left his royal garments and came down to hev- uh, from heaven to earth. And, he, and before he was going to be betrayed, he got on his knees, took off the cloth around him, and washed his disciples' stinky, nasty feet. What does that mean? Jesus is saying, love your wives like I love you. I'm willing to die for you, but also serve her. Serve her. Place her above yourself. So you get this beautiful picture again of a wife surrendering her will to that of her husband's in a way to honor God. And the husband takes that uh, surrender and he gives it back to his wife by favoring her over himself. And it grows her as a disciple. It grows him as a disciple. And it paints this beautiful picture of what the relationship of Christ in the church ought to be and will be. Guys, it is a complete honor for us to die for our wives. And we need to get into the point where we're training ourselves to do that daily. Again, I started off, I, I gave the caveat. Listen, I'm not great at this. In fact, I got a long ways to go, but I am better than I used to be. And, I, and I, I'll speak for Kelly for a moment and on her side of things, you know, she, she is better than she used to be. She keeps getting better. She's growing in this and that's what we need to be doing. We need to continually be growing in this. When we do this, we're sanctifying our wives the text says. Our job is to lay our lives down for our wives, gentlemen, so our wives have the opportunity to grow in Christ. And as again, as we do this, it's it's an awesome thing because the wife then becomes to tr- begins to trust her husband. That really, it's, it becomes easier to submit to a husband that you know has your best interest in mind and, and will do anything for you, even dying to himself. And for guys, there's this great feeling of uh, uh, once we're respected um, from our wives and given and given this incredible responsibility of a submissive wife, we're like, we start taking things a little bit more seriously, or at least I hope we do, and we become, we, we grow, and we become trusting of our wives, and it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Guys and ladies, how, how does this change the way we think about this relationship between a husband and wife? I, I hope some most of you or a lot of you already know this stuff, and it may be a reminder, but I'm sure there's some of you that you haven't really taken this particular text in its proper context, and how does it change guys like being ahead of your wife, how does that change your view of it? Is your wife's spiritual growth a primary concern of yours? Because it ought to be. It ought to be. We're going to wrap up with this idea, and that is the marriage relationship is a picture. And I've talked about this already a couple of times. It's a picture of a relationship between God, and Christ, and his church. Listen to verses 31 through 33. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. And I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Man, again, what a beautiful picture. We have an opportunity to to put on display the relationship of Christ in the church, the body of believers to this world. It's not going to be easy to display that. It's not going to be easy, wives, to say, you know what, I'm going to surrender my will to my husband because I get it. We don't always make it very easy to do that. And the fact of the matter is every one of us, man, woman, and child, have this thing that we have to battle, and that's that's pride in our lives. And this goes against the world's teaching. This goes completely contrary to where you're gonna be brought up if you're going to just like public schools. It, it, it's it's not a knock on them, it's just they don't understand it this way. So it's it's this counter-cultural really thought right now that wives, I'm gonna you're gonna take and you're gonna take that authority. Uh, that you have in your lives and you're going to uh, surrender it and submit to your husband so that so that you can grow and become more like Christ and so that your husband can grow and become more like Christ. We have a vested interest in the discipleship and the spiritual growth and as in the husbands and the wives and, and to one another. We've got a vested interest in that. And I got to tell you my relationship with Kelly, I'm not just saying because it's our anniversary today, is so much better and so much sweeter than it once was, and this understanding has a lot to do with that. As Kelly has understood this idea of this submission, and I've understood this idea of taking that submission and trading it in for service to her, our our relationship is so much better and so much sweeter. And and guys and ladies, right now, you know, if you're home more often than you would be. Uh, because of this whole COVID-19 thing, take advantage of it. Start practicing what's in here. Start practicing what's in here. But it's important to remember, guys, submission to our husband is your wife's Uh, responsibility. And she's, that's, that's something she's working with God on. It's not up to you to step in and demand it. Don't be bringing your wife to the Bible and taking her to Ephesians 5 and saying, see right here, it says that you need to be submitting to you because that's not loving your wife and dying for her, which is what you were called to do. And wives, don't throw that in your husband's face all the time. Remember he's on a journey too. You know, we got to stop reading each other's mail and start being obedient to Christ. And when we do, once again, this beautiful picture, is it begins to be unfold in front of the world of, of, of Christ in the church. And it starts in the relationship between a husband and wife. Listen, guys, thank you so much for hanging in there. For single folks who are still watching, thank you. Share this message with some of the married folks that you know. Hopefully it'll be a blessing. Um, I got to tell you, this is... I'm very, I'm, I'm very convicted on this. I feel very passionate about this uh, particular subject that when we, when we submit to one another as the body of Christ and specifically in the relationship of a marriage, our lives are so much better. It's as if God knows what he's talking about because he does, but I understand this is countercultural, and it, it's going to require a paradigm shift for some of you, but listen, just give this a go try this out. Don't worry so much about how your spouse is responding and what they're doing. Read your own mail, guys. Read your own mail, ladies, and do what the Lord has prescribed and see if that doesn't improve your relationship dramatically. Guys, God bless. Uh, Look forward to seeing you again next week.